Hello friends, welcome to Running and Fitness with Raj. This show will bring you exciting and interesting guests and give you specific and actionable advice on your running, fitness and general health. In today's episode, we are talking to Dr. Swapnil Mathe, who is the head physical therapist with HPE UK at their Mumbai and London centers. Uh, Dr. Mathe is a very experienced sports uh, physiotherapist. He was part of the Indian Olympic team at the London and Rio Olympics and will be part of the Indian Olympic team at the Tokyo Olympics next year. He has worked in multiple sporting, professional sporting leagues like the Pro Kabaddi uh, League, where he was part of U Mumba as well as Bengal Warriors. I have personally consulted Dr. Mathe for uh, over three years now, and he has been extremely helpful with regard to some of the minor injuries which any athlete face. Uh, you know, face. He is very knowledgeable about um, uh, multiple aspects of sports physiotherapy. So I'm absolutely delighted to have him with us. So welcome to the show, uh, Swapnil. Thank you so much, Raj Gopal. Sir. It's a pleasure to for me to get invited on your platform to talk about. Uh, sports and its injuries thank you so much no most welcome so why don't we start with you giving a quick background of yourself how you got into sports physiotherapy and uh, you know the related areas so over to you giving me a brief introduction about me i completed my graduation from topiwala national medical college in mumbai central in back in 2009 uh, then when I got a chance to go to the London Olympics, I graduated doing my post graduations in uh, sports medicine from the London Metropolitan. The reason why I chose sports physical therapy as a field because I myself was a district level cricketer. And uh, when I actually got injured with my shoulder back when I was in 12th standard, there was not many people who are into a rehabilitation industry. So the main thing that sports was always in my blood and the only way to get connected with the sports was to work with the sports team was as a kind of a physical therapist so that really attracted me and the opportunity which i got later on working with the teams really encouraged me to go more into about the sports and once since you have mentioned about all the teams i worked in it was my great privilege to work with all the teams and get a good feedback on injuries and other stuff let's start with uh, the common types of injuries that you see in athletes uh, yeah. you know we hear about people having all sorts of issues back pain uh, plantar fascia achilles tendinitis uh, knee pain uh, so just give us a general sense of some of the common types of injuries that you have to deal with. Sure. So in general, if we talk about uh, sports injuries, so irrespective of whether it is a contact or the non-contact injuries, I often see many athletes which suffers from the low back pain, okay, which ideally goes highly ignored considering it just as a spasm. So athlete just continues to play with it. Now, there could be a many reasons to get a low back pain, but it is usually because of the center of the force which is transmitted through the entire lumbar region. Also, the knee and shoulder injury is also commonly seen, which are complex and takes really a hard time to heal and rehabilitate. If you concentrate on the long distance running, usually lower limb injuries are most common, uh, especially the load bearing knee joint, which is often followed by the hip and the shin pain and ankle and muscular injuries. Now, the common injuries which we see is basically a lateral knee pain in runners basically an IT band friction syndrome where your IT band gets tight and kinds of rub against the bony structures of your uh, leg bone. Uh, the second commonest which we have seen is the anterior knee pain, basically the patellar tendonitis because your quadriceps particularly gets tight. Uh, 
Uh, the next to go is a fat pad impingement syndrome. This is where your fat pad, which is a cushioning, kinds of impinge on the hard bony structures of the patella. And the most commonest uh, is the shin splints whenever you start to run. And if you're running on an uneven surface, you might tend to get an ankle sprain. Plantar fasciitis all depend upon how your foot abnormalities are there. And the last one is the metatarsalgia, where your ball of the foot, because of the constant loading on the foot, gets you know pain and inflammation. So these are the common list of the injuries which we commonly see in, in any other, most of the sports basically. And especially with the runners, the lateral knee pain and the anterior knee pain are most commonly seen. But in general, people have basically a back pain throughout the run because of the higher force transmission occurring to that particular area. So le leading from that, uh, Swapnil, yes. it's the obvious question, which is that what are some of the steps that athletes can take yeah. uh, for each of these common uh, injuries that you come across? So, uh, so as to, for, you know, no, first of all, avoid these uh, yes. injuries uh, and the need for any attention. So can you, can you take us through that? Yeah. So see, prevention is anyways a better format to go along with these sports exercises. So athletes should always have their physical examination report. This physical examination reports will tell him or her about how to define a strict fitness regime, okay, which he needs to work on his weaknesses. Now, this will contribute, the physical evaluation will contribute to at least 60% to stay him or her injury free. Can you explain what you mean by this physical evaluation and also who should do it and how frequently has this got to be done? Because many, most people are, you know, familiar with this annual health checkup and things like that. Uh, but a, a physical evaluation, what does it entail? So, yeah, definitely. So I think before starting your sports, it's basically very important that you see a physical therapist or a rehab specialist who can understand your biomechanics and know your body anatomical position to remain injury free. Now, a proper physical therapy assessment would always include your structural as well as physiological dysfunction. Now, this should be encouraged for every runner before they start the training. It's very important that you should understand how is your body lined up in according to the environment, how is your body deficient in, and once you have all this parameter in place, basically you need to start your training if you really want to stay injury-free. Especially if you are a runner, it's very important that you do your foot analysis. Now you can go to a foot specialist or to a podiatrist, which will help you to know the foot alignment during the phases of the running cycles. Okay, a sports okay. physiotherapist or a sports medicine doctor would do a thorough evaluation by first observing you from all the body planes. Like you, the person will stand in front of the physical therapist and he will evaluate all your positions from anterior side and from the posterior. Then he will check your active and passive range of motion of individual joints. Okay, once they check the range of motion, they will assess your strength of each individual muscle and the functional movement pattern. Then they will do your gait analysis and they will try to note down what weaknesses and strength you have. And accordingly, they will give you a proper goal for your fitness regime. So you need to work basically on your weaknesses, whatever there is. And this proper physical evaluation could act as a proper base for your rehabilitation protocol as well. And it will always help in determining the cause of the injury later. So ideally, 
I would suggest that a regular physical therapy checkup of all these parameters like observational range, the foot alignment, the gait analysis should be checked after every six months. Okay, so now can we go back to the uh, injuries uh, question, which is some of these common injuries. Uh, what are some of the steps that athletes can take uh, to prevent these injuries? Yeah, so I uh, once what we do is like once we give a proper physical evaluation, then secondly, I give more importance to the flexibility of the muscles and the joints. So for that, I will talk to you about the prevention part and then we'll kind of go into the rehabilitation. So it's very important that you go for regular sports massages every 15 days or 7 days if your uh, training is way too strenuous. The reason why regular sports massages needs to be done is to maintain first the length of the connective tissue. So whenever you kind of exercises, the muscle always goes into that spasm or the tightness or in the contracted phase so it's very important that you maintain the length now muscle works on the length tension relationship if the length of the muscle is more the tension generation is always higher so that's the reason why going for the sports massages is most important second sports massages really helps in removing the metabolic waste products it also enhances the inflammatory process so that you recover faster and get up with your second training session and it also reduces the load on the tendons and joints. Now, in the prevention part, once you've taken into consideration the muscle, most important is the nutritional aspect. For the muscles, basically a protein or a branch in amino acids. For the joints, wear and tear, you can always go for a joint supplementation like chondroitin sulfate, glucosamine, and vitamin C. And for the, your general immunity, multiple vitamins and collagen supplementation, I would really focus most of the runners do basically do not take this collagen supplementation because of the lack of awareness now collagen supplementation type 1 and 3 helps you to really focus on one connective tissue which was recently discovered and that is a fascia and this particular fascia is basically present in all the connective tissue so it's very important that from the running sports or from any other sports it's very important that you supplement the collagen in type 1 and type 3 then definitely the hydration, good sleep, and uh, proper running shoes is important. A warning sign uh, for any kind of rehabilitation would definitely be your repetitive injury. If you're suffering from the repetitive injury, that's a warning sign for you. Uh, tightness of the muscle, pain and swelling, uh, fatigue, tiredness, cramps, and joint and ligament pain. These are the basic stuff. Now, if you really want to go ahead with the rehabilitation, Okay, I would first um, focus on getting first an evaluation done and then checking on your limitation pattern. Then you need to understand what kind of physical therapy would work on your goal, whether your goal is to reduce the pain or your goal is to really strengthen the muscle. And so that will come after doing a proper evaluation of your rehabilitation part and knowing the cause of the injury. Yeah, so that's everything talk was on the prevention and later on we'll talk about the rehabilitation. Okay, so you just touched upon uh, running shoes. In fact, I have a listener question from uh, Srijit in USA. Now, what he's asking is that uh, there are a number of, you know, uh, shoes these days, so the so-called high-tech shoes and things like that. And it's a very, very big industry worldwide, right? 
do you have a view on uh, especially points around do running shoes weaken your feet muscles or is that a myth or is it imp- or what are some of the things that people have to keep in mind when they are selecting a running shoe yeah so uh, the muscle getting weak because of the shoes is basically a myth okay nothing of that sort happens it's basically from my uh, personal perspective and what we learned in the sports medicine um curriculum in london it was always recommended that running shoes should always be customized to your foot biomechanics and anatomical abnormality okay before selecting a pair of shoes you should always get your customized foot evaluation from a podiatrist or a foot specialist okay to know and understand your shoe requirement now do not go for the looks or the brand or its price okay they are just there to marketize their product well to stay injury free during the running cycle wearing a proper shoes plays a very important role now i'll touch in into three aspect your foot is basically divided into three parts your hind foot mid foot and fore foot and shoes a customized shoes or the running shoes are basically dealing with all this particular stability as well as the flexibility now we'll just uh, touch from the hind foot that is the rear part of the foot now when you consider the hind foot it's very important that you look into the shoe the stability okay this is the first part of the shoes which you need to consider where because when you do a heel strike while you're running the impact or the force should not be too high on your joints okay so the heel counter should always be made up of the firm rigid plastic to assist in your rear foot stability also it should be a easy fit on your rear foot it should not be too tight that it is difficult for you to remove the shoes okay to so see to it that it is easily going in and out from your uh, calcaneum that is the rear portion of the foot then comes we will focus on the mid mid foot it's very important when you choose a uh, shoes see to it that the sole of the shoes is thick enough okay because that helps you to properly absorb the shock whether you're running on the hard surface like on a road or on a pavement which is made up of cement so it's very important that the sole should be thick enough now it could be either a gel or the air pack for the shock absorption the brand which i would post with my personal perspective i would recommend would be the asics ones because they comes with a proper gel and the air pack and the rear foot stability is also quite good in that also the okay. insole of the shoes in the midsole should have a good medial arch support which will help you in supporting the uh, foot not to go into a flat feet okay because every time you impact the foot on the ground there would be a medical term which is called as the pronation of the foot which will always have the impact on the plantar fascia so it's very important when you choose a, a shoes it should have a proper insole on the medial side that is the inside medial arch should be there asx are the ones who, which provides a good firm medial arch supports on the plantar fascia side now coming to the forefoot which is the the front part of the foot now here flexibility plays a major important so when you consider the rear foot stability is more important in case of mid 
the arch and the sole of the foot is more important and when you come to the forefoot it's very important that you focus on the flexibility now choosing a right pair of shoes for your sorry side. can you clarify what do you mean by flexibility flexibility yeah so when you whenever you're choosing the uh, shoes in terms of flexibility see to it that it is flexible enough like means it is kind of a curving near the junction of your midfoot and the forefoot like when you mold the shoes it should have a proper flexibility it should not be too firm the sole okay it should be flexible at the junction of the mid and the forefoot now the, if you have a knitted shoes which does not have a plastic rim often when you kind of run with that pair of shoes for the long period of time the net kind of get a tear in that area that indicates that your flexibility is more over there so al always choose a shoes which has a netted and which has one leather or a plastic uh you can say the circumference around that particular netted so it should not be netted directly towards the sole of the foot it should be netted then it should have a rim of plastic or the leather and then the sh the sh uh, sole will come i hope you understood that part so that yes, i i i understood it i mean i was visualizing the yes, shoe as you were speaking yeah. so, uh, so, so the, understand the point the, when so, you mold the shoes it should be more flexible at the junction of midfoot and forefoot and a proper size shoes there should always be a gap of 1 2 cm from your great toe so that it is uh, it should not be that too tight or not should be like too loose to wear it so ma major consideration most of the people don't do is like from your great toe at least keep 1 cm or 2 cm gap that should be the perfect fit for your uh, uh, sh uh like the foot so compensate on all the three aspect and then accordingly choose the shoes so don't go into the gimmick of the marketing industries but all this three points needs to be consider wear it go for a good uh, treadmill session uh, with the foot analysis and see whether you are comfortable with the shoes or no it's always for the runner is more important that uh, running with a comfort zone plays a major important role um then you know going for the branded shoes or the high price or high tech shoes yeah got it okay now this is very uh, this is very helpful now now coming back to you know another aspect uh, which is encouraged by coaches uh, is stretching right and uh, which is supposed to help uh, before an activity and after an activity now can you just take us through what in your mind is an ideal way to stretch both uh, both before an activity yeah. and after an activity sure so see um whatever i'm going to talk right now is all depending upon the recent research clinical trials and the publication which has been there so this might be a little controversial topic when you go on and research on google but what i'm going to talk is the recent thing which has been like discovered and got into a place in the sports medicine uh, conference in 2019 so it's like pretty much of new so there had been a lot of controversy about the stretching techniques to be used pre and post but you need to understand here is the basic aim of stretching so when you stretch the main aim is basically to lengthen the tissues okay 
Now, according to the recent advancement in the clinical research surrounding the stretching, and due to the awareness and discovery of this new connective tissue, which is called as a fascia, it is recommended that you need to perform dynamic stretches in both pre as well as post exercises. Now, stretch. Okay, so I'm just stopping you here for a second yeah. because uh, uh, the common belief is that uh, you do dynamic stretches. Yeah. Uh, before an activity yeah. and uh, some sort of statics, statics uh, stretches post an activity. Yes. So uh, do spend a bit of time on that on that aspect because yeah. this is clearly uh, news to me as well. Yeah. Uh, that even even uh, post uh, post an activity, yeah. you should stick to dynamic yeah. stretching. So just explain to us why that is the case. Yeah. So what happens? So when we um, ask anyone about stretching, the general perspective which stays is that you are stretching a muscle. And you will be shocked to hear that you can never stretch a muscle. What you stretch okay. instead is the fascia, which is a new connective tissue, which was recently discovered. That actually gets stretches. So if you scientifically see, you can never stretch a muscle. But you instead stretch is the fascia fibers, which are tremendously present inside the muscle tissue. Now, whenever you say you do a warm-up, you never warm up your muscle or the joint. What you warm up instead is this particular tissue, which is present throughout the muscle fibers. Now, this uh, connective tissue, which is called as a fascia, has a great uh, has a, a property of being a viscoelastic. Okay, so the more it's viscous, it becomes tight. Less it is viscous, it becomes more elastic. So when you heat up that particular tissue, or when you do a warm up you basically heat this particular connective tissue, which is called as a fascia. So the main aim here when you do a stretching or when you uh, do a warm-up is not concentrated on the muscle fibers, but the fibers of the connective tissue, that is fascia, which is getting viscoelastic and helps you to maintain the flexibility around that. So muscle fibers can never stretch. Now, this is very microscopically and a scientific study. The what you, what you stretch is basically a fascia. And now the here is the main stuff. Now, static stretching, what we do is just about maintaining that particular length for 30 or 60 seconds. Now, what we are just maintaining the length, but we are not stretching it or we are not lengthening it. And that's the reason why static stretches nowadays are not that uh, much followed or practiced. What we instead focus on is the dynamic stretch. As I mentioned, that the basic aim of stretching is to lengthen the tissue. Static stretches, what you go is like you go from A to B, but you maintain that length of A to B, but doesn't overstretch it. With the dynamic stretch, what you do is like you go A to B, and then you stretch it to B plus or B plus plus. And so that is the proper aim of the stretching should be. So I personally recommend all my clients in UK as well as India to do both static as well as dynamic stretches. The whole purpose of doing that is basically to lengthen the tissue. As I said, length is more important for the force, for the tension. So the entire aim of doing the stretches is to maintain that length. And also there is a new technique. So, so are you saying that even, uh, even uh, post an activity? Yes. We should do some amount of dynamic, dynamic stretches. Yes. 
it's always a recommended that's why i said it is a very controversial topic lot many research what was available uh, pre 2019 were always focusing on static and dynamic one but the new thing which is now practice is also called as facial yoga or fascia stretches which is giving you that extra length to the connective tissue so the reason why earlier uh, the dynamic stretches was practiced um, uh, pre and uh, static stretches because they were kind of um, um, was really uh, fearful that the muscle would go into a tear but that nothing of that sort of if your body is warm up it's more important that you lengthen so dynamic stretches post workout is most helpful and should be practiced uh, yeah okay uh, uh got it okay now moving on from here see one of the things in a so people doing any single sport whether yeah. it is running or cycling for example is that our movement is broadly in a single uh, right. plane a single uh, you know or sagittal plane right, right? Yes. so we do for example as runners very little rotational or lateral movements yeah. right so so what exercises uh, do you recommend yeah. to address this uh, imbalance uh, and related to this is also the question of how important is uh, weight okay. training yeah. like with proper weights yeah uh yeah so we need uh, a human being needs a strength training basically to pull up any sports now same is the story with all the endurance sports the only difference is while you do a resistance training you're focusing more on the uh weights and while you do all any kind of endurance activity you're more focusing on the repetitions okay so muscle fibers differs upon that now the important muscle which you need to do a strength training considering all this one planar movement is basically work on your hip and the knee muscles also important is your powerhouse the core a weak if you have a weak core and if you're not doing a strength training or a functional training for your core this weak core will forcefully adapt to a compensated movement in your kinetic chain now it could be a lower limb compensated movement with your hip knee and ankle and similarly it can go to the upper body because core is basically a center house or the power house of your entire body so if you have a weak core you kind of get a compensated anatomical movement in any of your chain so first of all you should be having a good core second you need to work on the muscle which is helpful for giving you more power or a force transmission that comes especially if you are a runners with your hip and knee so there is one muscle which often gets neglected and we don't really focus on is the gluteus medius muscle okay everyone works on the g max but the one muscle which lies beneath the g max muscle is the g medius muscle now why i focus more on this particular muscle because this much muscle is divided basically in the three part now while you run your anterior part works on your flexion and internal rotation while your posterior part works on extension and external rotation combinedly the anterior as well as posterior part works in maintaining the pelvic stability this is the only muscle which helps you in maintaining the pelvic stability a weak core and the weak g medius is a definite way to get injured okay so focus on the weight trainings which will help you in getting a good core 
like any kind of core exercises or body weight exercises and focus on the g medius muscles specifically rest so how do you how do you do that i mean what are some of the typically good exercises uh, for, to yeah achieve? basically you don't need to go too high weighted on this particular muscle but you can really hit a gym or take a thera band or you know kind of take a weight cuffs tight around your ankle and just in standing or in lying down position you can just extend your leg so if you do or you can do a functional movement like uh, wearing a weight cuffs on your uh, ankle and replicate the running movement on the treadmill or run on a smooth surface in a one directional that will help you in getting a good uh, g media stability the reason why i'm focusing that with the theraband is because you cannot isolate that particular muscle because this is covered by one muscle which is a very huge that is the g max muscle to isolate it's very important that you replicate that with the theraband and the best way to do in a weight training is to go on your stomach tie a theraband on your ankle and extend your legs keeping the knee in the straight position that would be a very simple way of doing it if you go on uh, to a gym and do a hip extension movement that focuses on g maximus so to maintain g medius first you need to lie down on the floor in prone position on your stomach tie a weight cuff or a theraband put the knee or the hip into internal rotation and then extend your hip that's how you focus on g medius if you keep the hip straight and extend that is g max if you keep the knee into internal rotation and extend that is g medius and that is very important Not because this is the only muscle which will help you in maintaining your pelvic stability and okay. the last which i want to focus here is the proprioceptive training proprioception we always do for the muscles but we never do a proprioceptive exercises for the joints now whenever on whatever surface you are running whether it's on the road whether it's on the cement or um, on the sand or the mud it's very important that you need to have a good proprioceptive sense on your ankle knee and hip and this proprioceptive sense helps you in also maintaining the body equilibrium and balance okay so this proprioceptive training you need to incorporate especially if you're running on a very uneven surface okay which is mostly most of the surface on which we run are mostly uneven and that is why if you lack a basic proprioceptive sense you have a more chances of getting injured so try to focus along with the weight training give one day specifically for proprioceptive proprioceptive training Uh, so what are some of the techniques for that uh, are there any some specific exercises no, uh, which one can... uh, it's it, we can't we don't call it as an exercises we basically call them as a drills uh, you just need to like take a, a foam surface which is unstable and you kind of uh, stand on it and try to do a balance exercises okay so any kind of unstable surface like a bosu ball that it would be too heavy first you start stand on the foam okay that foam is quite unstable so you kind of balance on that you first do few repetition with the eyes open 
and then you do a few repetition with the eyes closed the way you kind of wobble on that particular area or on the foam helps your joint to give a proprioceptive sense to your brain and brain will actively fi- fires the muscle surrounding that particular joint to get stable okay so it understood yeah. that's a, that's a interesting you can search uh, proprioceptive exercises on youtube and you can perform that because on audio it's very difficult for you know to make it understandable okay so in the beginning you had touched upon massage as an important tool for injury prevention what are some of the other common recovery methods or recovery tools like a foam roller or things like that that you recommend yeah so when you consider recovery uh, tools or the methods or the procedure what you need to do is like uh, the most important is the sports massage but then uh, what i will do is like i will give you a a brief idea what needs to be done in post run and after 3 4 days post running uh, exercises uh, the common recovery tools which we use is the ice bath the epsom salt bath uh, stretching is also one form of recovery a good hydration and the recovery drink is also one good form of the recovery now immediately once you have a strenuous exercises or a strenuous run or the long distance running a full marathon essential thing to recover first from all your aches and pains is a ice bath okay the cryotherapy okay. if some people who are not so good with taking ice you can go for the epsom salt bath that is a, a lukewarm water having a epsom salt which is rich in magnesium other other way of recovering post run is a good amount of dynamic stretching or the fascia stretching a good hydration which will take care about your cramps or the lactic acid and a good recovery drink now this is post running after once you complete 24 to 36 hours for the recovery you should go for the sports massages okay also one more thing what you can do is basically uh post run you can also use a cryo cuff or the compression uh vacuum uh pressure which will helps you to take away the lactic acid and all the metabolism products which is there because of the muscle metabolism post 36 hours you are supposed to go for the sports massages now remember do not do a sports massages 24 hours after the run because in in case if you suffer from any minor aches and pain there is a high risk that you forms a hematoma inside the muscle if you do a sports massage immediately after a run that hematoma can get dislodged anywhere can can also give you a heart attack so okay. sports massage should always be done ideally from 36 to 72 hours that's a good way of recovery okay. post okay you can also go for the acupuncture session or the dry needling session which can help you in reducing the metabolism calm down the entire system the next and recovery, even these even these are dry needling and acupuncture is also recommended after 24 to 36 hours yes everything so image first i said like immediately after a run you are only supposed to do stretching a good hydration ice bath and everything 
after 36 to 72 hours these are the things which you need to do uh, go for the sports massages go for the acupuncture or the dining because this will help you in calming down your system which you need for the recovery you can also go for the cupping which is again a kind of a decompression uh, technique to help you to flow good blood circulation into that affected part and help you in removing the metabolism waste product because of the uh, met muscle metabolism and the fascia line or yoga poses which will also help you in recovering because when you stretch you get a release of the recovery agent which is called as tissue growth factor which is a little scientific but helps you in again regeneration of the tissues so these are the few recovery tools which you can use post run and post 36 to 72 hours after your running cycle okay now that's quite uh, helpful now let us uh, go through some of the protocols which yeah. an athlete should follow in case they get uh, injured what are some of the uh, things that they should uh, do yeah. and then when you look at an athlete who's injured what are some of the yardsticks that you apply to determine yeah. whether the athlete is ready to resume at least some light training light training right uh, so whenever you get any kind of injury uh, understand this goes through three phases the first is the inflammation phase second is the repair phase and the third is the regeneration phase this first inflammation phase start, uh, starts from the injury time and lasts up to 36 hours that's the reason why any kind of sports massages or cupping therapy is kind of contraindicated in this particular zone rest all your recovery protocol will start after 36 to 72 hours now the earlier protocol which we used to follow was rice which was rest ice compression elevation then it got updated to price which was protection rest ice compression elevation now the recent sports medicine protocol what we followed is the police where P stands for protection, OL stands for optimum loading, and I stands for ice, C for compression, E for elevation. Now, whenever you get injured, post 24 to 72 hours, you should always apply an ice. You should not ever apply a heat because heat is a sign of inflammation and you don't want the tissue to again be more inflamed. So 24 to 72 hours compulsorily ice. Okay. This protocol is only if you have a grade one injury, like a little microtrauma. But if you are suffering from grade two or grade three muscular or ligament injury, you need to properly do a complete rest protocol till your pain and swelling is completely subsided okay if the injuries goes beyond a week we term it as a chronic in chronic stages you're always supposed to do a heat and not ice so ice i would personally recommend only when the injury is acute and heat always when the injury going to the chronic stage or already is in the chronic stage now the yardstick 
for the athletes to return to at least some kind of light training i personally feel and it should be administered that whenever the pain is zero or one on a scale that is a good time when you need to incorporate some kind of light training with a moderate pain don't really go ahead to do any kind of weight training or the light resistant training because you again compensate or kind of make the muscle or ligament to go into some kind of inflammation so i basically choose a no pain at all protocol no pain at all protocol where the pain is subsided to low or absolutely zero then only i give a heads up for my clients to go ahead with some kind of light training same flexibility protocol uh, which will follow so we can also check with the flexibility which was pre uh, injury and then that should have the same flexibility post injury and after correcting their proper biomechanics because when you have a pain or any kind of stiffness your biomechanics kinds of you know gets altered so when that biomechanics comes into a proper correction i give a, a heads on that they can start with their uh, functional training that is either they are into running they can start with their running if they are cycling they can start with the same so three basically pain flexibility and a correct biomechanics these are the three yardstick which i tell the athletes to start with their running training so in, in the protocol you uh, you uh, you use two new phrases at least new to me in yeah. addition to is which is p and o so what does yeah. uh, p and o exactly So exactly stand for yeah p stands for protection that means if the tissue is injured you shouldn't do an overloading if you do an overloading it has a high chance that you injure the structure more so say for example if the muscle is torn 25% if you are not protecting it it may go to 35% or 50% which would be more dangerous for the muscles okay so how do you protect and how is that uh, different protect. from like in the rice in the rice yeah. r stood for rest right rest, so is it yeah. rest also a form of protection yeah rest is also one form of protection this protection is basically the external protection so like uh, wearing a uh, crepe bandages or wearing a uh, compression stockings oh, around okay. that particular that is the external protection which you get rest is completely voluntary protection but this protection okay. what we p stands for is like a external protection which we give to the structure because once you have an injury and if you are not uh, making a tight circumference around that particular area that fibers which are torn will again get more uh, torn in that particular longitudinal or transverse manner OL stands for yeah. OL stands for oh. optimum optimum loading. So earlier, what they used to train it uh, termed it as overloading. So mostly, more, many people didn't understood the concept well, and they started to load the tissue, and then injury was becoming more severe. That's why they came up again with a, a new version of it, which is called as optimum loading. Optimum loading is what happens when you if you rest for the brief period of time, your inflammation takes more time. and the re- regeneration and repair phase takes a hell lot of time to actually uh, go into a good rehabilitation zone and the, also with the rest what happens your muscles and also goes into a little kind of a wasting so it is recommended that you do load some 25% or it is very subjective yet you load the tissue don't give complete rest 
this was only taken into consideration because you don't have, want a side effect of rest like wasting of the muscle happens then your proprioception get reduces all your fitness parameters also get reduces that's why they came up with the optimum loading with optimum loading what happens you want inflammation to be there and inflammation is a good sign to help you to recover faster if you are resting you are delaying that inflammation process so that's why they came up with the optimum loading now as i mentioned this protocol is only for grade 1 injury grade 2 and grade 3 you need a surgical intervention after checking with the mri and every stuff understood okay yeah. that is uh, hopefully not too too many of us yeah. will get grade 2 or grade 3 yeah. so now let's move on uh, swapnil uh, one of the things i do with all my guests is have a quiz segment a fun segment as i call it Okay. So if you are ready we can run through a set of five questions. Yeah. Before we start the quiz I want to let listeners know that all the resources being discussed here are included in the show notes. So do refer to those uh, links for further information. I also request all of you who are listening to please subscribe to the podcast and spread the word. Please also leave a review on iTunes as it will help enormously to grow the show. Now to the quiz. Okay. uh this must be the first one is uh, too easy for you but nonetheless let's go ahead with it uh so there is a form of uh, recovery routine where you expose your body to extreme cold what is this form of recovery called the cryotherapy yeah that's cryotherapy okay second question is uh, you know we know that iron is very important to produce uh, red blood cells uh-huh. but there is another trace mineral which works in the body along with iron in producing uh, red, red blood cells so do you know what that is along with the iron right yeah uh, the copper copper okay correct yeah absolutely now this is from athletics a very uh-huh. world famous athlete uh, recently had uh, had his first daughter who is called olympia the same word no this usain bolt yes indeed yeah. it is usain bolt okay last two question As you know saffron is one of the most uh, sought after spices in the world. Mm. One country produces more than 90% of the world's uh, saffron. Do you know who which country is this? It's our country, India. <laughs> uh no, sure. actually it's it's Iran. Oh, Iran. Oh. Yeah, we are actually not a major producer. We do okay. produce some but we are not a producer. I thought of And the last question Yeah and the last question is again uh, probably right up your creek in acupuncture what is the name for the energy pathways which are created between chi. different acupuncture chi yeah chi, <laughs> chi. yeah okay excellent a uh, couple of more questions before we wind up one is uh, can you give some recommendations for some resources which uh, people can uh, look up whether it's books or blogs you follow or websites uh, which even a regular uh, you know non uh, non uh, what you call doctor can follow yeah uh, i think since our talk was more on this particular news uh, subject of fascia stretching and other stuff i want you to uh, everyone to understand your body system and there is one good anatomical book which is in plain simple language which is called as an anatomical trains or anatomy trains written by um uh, Oh, anatomical Thomas Meyer. Okay, that is one book 
which is uh, will help you to understand the body biomechanics from the new perspective of fascia then you can also go ahead uh, on youtube videos for many channels are there uh, anatomy trains is also one of the channels for you to train a new form of yoga which is called as a fascia yoga or we term it as a facial yoga okay which incorporate all this fascia as one of the system okay if you really are very keen on learning the sports medicine then there is a good book called as kareem khan and a good article not article but a kind of a good one topic is really very defined for running perspective so these are my three recommendations basically uh if you read from the medical i will include it yeah i will include it in the show notes yeah and finally if uh, listeners uh, any of them want to get in touch with you professionally yes uh, what's the best way to get in touch with you uh post lockdown they can come directly to the clinic which is there in bandra or you can just uh, write a mail on sopnel.physio@gmail.com to book an appointment i think for rather than having a video consultation it's always better post lockdown you drop in the clinic get your physical examination and evaluation done and then look for your uh, major aches and pains prevention is a key so i would really recommend all the runners that whenever they have any kinds of mild aches and pains go seek an appointment with either a physical therapist or a chiropractor or rehab specialist don't ignore that small small aches and pains because these are the small aches and pains which really troubles you on the longer period of time no absolutely that's extremely sound uh, advice so thank you very much uh, swapnil for a very very detailed uh, discussion really appreciate you taking the time Uh, and uh, thank you very much for uh, for your uh, all the insights thank you most welcome sir thank you very much to all the listeners as i mentioned all the resources discussed here are included in the show notes so do refer to those links for further information you can reach out to me on my social media handles which are running and fitness with raj on both instagram and facebook and you can also email me on running and fitness with raj at gmail.com Please let me know if you have any questions or specific guests you would like to see on the show. I also request you all again to please subscribe to the podcast and spread the word. Please also leave a review on iTunes as it will help enormously to grow the show. We will continue to bring you exciting and interesting guests and give specific and actionable advice. Stay safe, stay healthy and till the next show. Goodbye.